0: You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Every day. Touchdown.
1: You are Locked On. Yes, we are going to talk about what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday on the Pat McAfee show and a little bit about his hosting of Jeopardy. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I know that you are sick of hearing about it as am I. So I want to focus or start on a concept that I started doing a couple of years ago that I really like as a way to prepare for the draft. And that is to identify players and shapes. That seems like an esoteric concept. And in some ways it is the shape of the draft. It's something that I've been talking about for a long time. Where is the meat? Where is the bone? Where is it fat? Where is it lean? And how do those positions meet up with what the Packers could be looking to do? How does it meet up with guys that are to their standards athletically? And if you're going to map out where they could be targeting players, and this is something that teams do, um, it is something that teams should do. When you look at a draft, part of the deal is opportunity cost. If you're taking a player in one spot, it means you're not taking a player in that spot. Okay, why? And if you're not taking a player, why are you not taking that player? If you're not taking that player or that position, why are you doing that? And in a lot of cases, what you can do is you can look at who the the first round guy is. And and this is something that that we talk about all the time. Um, It's not exactly a novel idea, but if you could get... A cornerback in the first round and a safety in the second round how does that look compared to if you flip those how does that change what value are you losing and what value are you gaining in that exchange so what i did and this is over at acme packing company is i went through the need positions and i found some guys at different positions that i think could be first round targets who makes sense as value plays a little bit later in the draft and guys that you could be taking a flyer on on day three. And so I wanted to start, we're going to do defense and offense at the need positions, the the top guys, the places where we think they could be targeting. So obviously we start with corner as we do with all of these things. To me, the first round target is Caleb Farley. And the consensus now is that he is going to drop into the 20s whether that means Green Bay has to move up for him or can get him at 29 remains to be seen, but he is the ideal fit. From a size standpoint, he gives them diversity. From an athletic standpoint, he has every physical gift you could want. A little stiff in the hips, but the straight line speed, the leaping ability, the ball skills as a zone corner, he is as good as it gets in this draft class. I think Northwestern's Greg Newsom is a close second. The value play at corner on day two. I mean, you look at this, and the name that I wrote was, unsurprisingly, Fatu Fanwu, but it could be Paul Sinadibo, It could be Tyson Campbell. It could be Benjamin St. Just. It could be Asante Samuel Jr. It could be Kelvin Joseph. It could be Trill Williams. It could be... Any number of day two guys because this draft is so deep at corner, especially on day two. So doesn't it make sense then if you have a guy in round one that you love, if someone falls to you, that you have a high, high grade on, you can't be afraid to take that guy. And Green Bay has proven that they are not. But I think this is an important way to look at it. So there are going to be fans after day one who go, well, what the hell? If they take an offensive tackle or a safety or a receiver or something like that, and they go, well, what about corner? Well, day two has a ton of them. And so that brings us to safety. Let's say Trayvon Merrig is there. I have him as the first round safety target. If he's there, he's a top 20 talent all day, can play deep, can play in the box, can play in the slot. He's immediately the best slot corner on your team and might be, The best cover safety full stop, except for the fact that Darnell Savage was the number one graded slot defender at Maryland. You have two guys now who can play that position, who can give you so much versatility and flexibility. And you've added a de facto corner, a slot corner, but a de facto corner. And so now you're looking at a defense that was already your, your rookie corner was probably not going to unseat Kevin King no matter you know what what may be the best choice at least early on so you get a slot defender who who might have a chance to play right away I think that makes sense the value play here is Jamar Johnson from Indiana uh, the the variance here is wild I mean it's wild. you look at pro football focus they have him i believe at 41 and the draft network has him in that same kind of range whereas espn has him at 192 i mean you're talking about a guy you could get fifth sixth round based on where espn has him so what if he's there at 62 at 92 he would present a lot of potential value there and then the flyer is a guy I think Green Bay could just take no matter what because he is a safety. Um, so he could play a, a position that they could use. And even if he can't, you're talking about a guy who has peak athletic gifts. He's got the second best relative athlete score in the class at safety. And so even if he can't play, you know, or you don't want him to play snaps for you on defense. He's a special teams ace in the making with the upside athletically to give you something on defense. If, um, you know, Adrian Amos gets hurt, Darnell Savage gets hurt or or Trevin Merrick, You know, if you take Trey, you still have the chance to get someone like this late on day three because they're just a flyer. It's just a flyer. That's the beauty of the flyer. Now at defensive line. Christian Barmore is the first-round target. He he might be the only guy worth taking in the top 50. If he's there, there are going to be people who say, you know, definitely take him. I'm certainly not taking Barmore over Merrick. I'm certainly not taking Barmore over Farley or Newsom. Now, if all those guys are gone, maybe you start to contemplate it, but I have a hard time believing that that's going to happen. Plus, guys like Tevin Jenkins, Christian Derrissaw, they're also going to be gone. So I just, don't, I, I just don't see how he is the pick unless they trade back. But he could be. I, I, to me, I guess, let me rephrase. I don't see how he is the smart pick. Doesn't mean he won't be the pick. As a value play, I really like Bobby Brown from Texas A&M. He's been in a couple of the mock draft Mondays that I've done. Um, second best RAS in the class. That's the Relative Athlete Score acronym for those of you who are new here. And played with Kingsley Kiki. He is... Uh, uh, no tackle by trade, but has the athletic tools to provide you something developmentally that you could get excited about. And speaking of developmentally, the best athlete on the interior D-line d- 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 class is Jonathan Marshall from Arkansas. Looks like you can get him like late, late on day three in that five to seventh round range, and someone that athletically could could be. Almost whatever he wants, if he gets the polish together and the hand placement and all that kind of stuff. And so if you trust your coaches, you feel like, hey, we could we could coach this guy up and, and he could be something. The last defensive spot is linebacker. And you've got Jamin Davis from Kentucky runs four, four, eight at his pro day. He's really a one year starter. And last year was a heat-seeking missile in the run game. Um, needs to work on his his spot drops and, and zone drops and and the coverage part of it. I think he could probably play cat defense. Uh, you know, you got that cat. He, he has the athletic gifts to do that. He would be a work in progress. And certainly, if you're going to take a work in progress, take someone who's got those kinds of physical gifts, there are certainly teams out there who would look at what happened in the NFC championship game and say, well, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. It is a copycat league. These are cliches for a reason because teams do it. You see, okay, Devin white and Levante David, we want in on that. Let's take Jamin Davis. The value play at linebacker is Baron Browning from Ohio state. And if you've, if you've been doing the mock drafts on the draft network, he's a top 20 player on their board, but you know usually you're seeing him in the in the hundreds uh, you know ESPN pro football focus etc so if you could get him you know you know 135 especially 142 now you're getting real value from a guy who is an outstanding athlete. Just never quite put it all together. Former five star recruit, a top recruit coming into Ohio State, has played multiple positions in that defense, has a ton of experience in big games. and you just sort of bank on that. And then the the flyer pick is Monty Rice from Georgia. And it's almost unfair to put him as a linebacker because at six foot 233, you know, he's he's more like Raven Green but maybe that's what you want if you can get him in the 6th round to just come in and give you what you're missing by by not bringing someone like Raven Green back i think that makes a ton of sense for the packers today's episode is brought to you by our friends at bet online bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action the nba is the big thing right now but baseball is back Hockey, it's all there for you. Plus, you can bet on the NFL draft. There's soccer, there's tennis, there's golf. The Masters this week, they also cover award shows, reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And just because you're a Locked On Packers listener, you can get a 50% deposit bonus when you go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up for free. It is free to sign up. Use the promo code locked on and they will match that first deposit up to 50%. That is, bet online with the promo code locked on and they will match that first deposit up to 50%. All right, let's flip it over the other side of the ball on offense. The first round target for the offensive tackle is Tevin Jenkins. Now, he is a plug-and-play right tackle, could come right in and, and give you that sort of stability, lets you play Billy Turner at guard, and now you have five guys on that front, four of whom are, are playing positions that you know they're good at and, and you're getting a high-pedigree guy like Jenkins to come in and do it. In a trade down into the you know the 30s, 40s, Dylan Raidens, Liam Eikenberg, there are some some talented guys there. That could make a lot of sense too if you don't like your options. Maybe you pick up a, a late day two pick, early day three pick for your troubles, and you know, you move down a couple spots and you take a guy like that. I think, I think that could make sense, given what I just said about the situation at corner. So deep on day two. So deep phrasing boom. The value play, Brady Christensen. Brady Christensen, uh, I, I had him in like the 140s in a mock draft Monday recently. It ain't happening. He is going to go in the top 75, top hundred for sure. So day two, and you may you, you may need to use 62 on him. I don't think that's crazy. Um, he is the kind of guy who a has good tape. So if we just stop there, he's a good football player. But he put together an all time great workout. The best broad jump ever by an offensive lineman. And the advanced numbers love this dude. They love him. Sports Info and Solutions graded him as one of the most valuable offensive linemen in the class. He was a big part of why Kyle Wilson had all day to throw. And why the run game was was a big part of the play-action offense and all the things that they do there. Now, I also like Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. He is someone who played for Ryan Mahaffey, new quality control coach for the Packers. He is a 10 out of 10 Relative athlete score, not not a joke, um, and he's like 6'8". And again, it's he's not just a workout warrior. He's got good tape. And, you know, it was pointed out, um, I, I'm going to forget who, by by one of the big NFL draft peeps, I don't remember if it was Lance Zerline or um, Nagy at the Senior Bowl, but they pointed out that he basically has the same athletic profile as Colton Miller, and Colton Miller with – Essentially, fourth-round tape was a first-round pick because of his athletic profile. So why not, uh, Spencer Brown? The answer is probably because one went to UCLA and one went to Northern Iowa. Speaking of monster dudes with crazy athleticism, Stone Forsythe from Florida is the flyer pick. It would be a little weird because he's not a great run blocker, and that is very important to Matt LaFleur. But the dude is 6'9", 3'12", and still put up a three cone, I think, in the ninetieth percentile or, or, or better. His ability to move at that size is unbelievable. And if you want a, a guy with that kind of movement skills in his own in his own scheme, that's that's what you're looking at. And although the, you know the zone grades from PFF are not great, he's a, he's a bit of a ball of clay. If you're going to get him in the fourth round, who cares? Who cares? Let him get coached up. Adam Stenovich has done a terrific job. Coach him up. Coach him up. All right. Receiver. First-round target, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is, I to me, he's the wild-card pick in the draft. You know, I, I have a lot of conversations. Jacob Morley and Jacob Wessendorf and I have a have a have a group chat. And, you know, we're always trying to predict the Brian Gudekinst off-the-wall pick, and he has an early one every year. And so, in the case of of the 2019 draft, I actually kind of had three because the Gary pick was a woe, trading up for Darnell Savage was a little bit of a woe, and then Elton Jenkins, a non-offensive tackle offensive line pick was another woe, and it looks like he's at least... Two for three and and probably three for three, uh, given what Gary's potential is here. So Bateman feels like that kind of pick. If he's there, you know, who cares about defense at a certain point, right? Uh just go get the guy. Go get the playmaker. Bateman is special. He showed up to campus. And immediately starts making plays i think he could show up to the nfl and immediately start making plays as well and and really put a punctuation mark on it with a terrific um, set of testing Uh, twice really ran in the in the high four threes low four fours so he is the guy for me he could be wide receiver too by thanksgiving if if he came to this team uh in terms of targets you know, I don't know if if Alan Lazard with his blocking probably still has a very defined role, but Bateman, I I love I love I love 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 Rashad Bateman. The value play is Diami Brown, and we it is so hard to peg his value because you know if you look at Bleacher Report and Nate Tice, who's a former um, NFL personnel guy, who also his dad is is Mike Tice, a name you might remember from the Vikings. He does the the athletic football show now with Robert Mays, and he'd been doing some evaluation work for Bleacher Report, and, and he's like, no, Diami's a, like a top 40, top 50 type player. ESPN has him wide receiver 15, barely a top 100 player. So what if you could get him at 62, at 92? That would be incredible value. You might have to take him at 29 if you want him. And look, he might be worth it, given his athletic traits given his ability to get down the field to make plays after the catch he profiles very similarly to Brandon Ayuk who the packers also really liked last year i've been saying this whole process and and jake morley has been on on board with me he's discount ayuk and and it may turn out when all is said and done that he's not a discount i, I fudged a little bit with the flyer here i have jalen darden Look, he could be a a top 75 player because of his skill set, because of his speed, his change of direction ability, his explosiveness with the ball in his hand. But he's also, you know, it it could be in the 160s, 170s range. It's so hard to peg right now, uh, especially an undersized guy from a small school. My guess is draft Twitter is going to be higher on him than the NFL is. And so if you could get him in round five, round six, I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer. I think he's, he's kind of the perfect fit for Green Bay, especially if you could get him late. Um, but if you can't, you know, that, that just leaves you an opportunity to, to get another guy that's sort of like that. There are a lot of dudes who fill a very specific role in the way that he does. And so I, I think that's something that that Green Bay could consider depending on what the value is. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock. Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy opens his computer to find the parts that only he stocks and essentially feels like he's making up a price to give you? Do not deal with that hassle go to rockauto.com a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they've got engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oils and even new carpet if if you can think of it and it has to do with the car they have it and best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same dang parts Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write "locked on" in their How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. All right, Aaron Rodgers. This has been a thing we've been talking about. We're going to continue to talk about it. Here is the clip that made the rounds yesterday from the Pat McAfee show.
0: Well, look, I mean, I, I I'm not insulated completely from all those conversations. I think part of Part of it is you have to have some understanding of what's going on out there. You know, I think that we're exactly where we were uh, last year when I made comments after the draft and, and throughout the season. You know, I, I don't feel like any of that's changed. Uh, even my comments directly after the last game, there was some. And we talked about it on this show. Yeah. Uh, some, you know, some people who thought, you know, who made assumptions uh, based on what I said. Um, nothing's really changed. You know, my 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 future uh, is is really a lot of it's out of my control. Um, you know that's why I, I mentioned you know using words like uh, phrase like beautiful mystery like because it is uh, it is quite uh, uncertain uh, which directions that things are going to go. Um, all I can do is play my best, and I feel like last year I did do that, and, and may have thrown a wrench into some timelines that may have been thought about or desired, but ultimately. <laughs> um ultimately you know things haven't really changed on that front i meant what i said last year you know about really being at peace with the whole thing and that hasn't changed uh i feel good about the way i played feel good about the way i led i you know i loved you know our interactions and everything that this show provided for me last year and um i think people got a raw look at uh you know, honest conversation about the future and, and someone who's not bitter or, or, you know, disappointed or frustrated about things that they realize they can't control. And my future is one of them, and I'm kind of surrendered to what's going to happen and and just confident in and, and what I bring to the table and, and how I played last year and everything else is, is kind of for speculation, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of it.
1: There. We're done, right? We're done. He's not bitter. He's not frustrated. He's made peace. Now, he does sound like a guy who knows or believes that his time is coming up. Um, I, I did like the the subtle jab at the timeline. I, I think he, he, you don't have to be uh, you know Miss Cleo to see that the Jordan Love pick said a thing about how the Packers view the succession plan with Aaron Rodgers. And his contract and all that stuff. He's not an idiot, right? That's the point of of him being like, hey, my future is uncertain. Now, do I believe that he is fully at Zen peace with all of this? I don't know. I don't know. And you know, he's saying all the right things. That that's the that's the thing that I that I really take away from this. He is not stoking the fire. He is not adding fuel to the drama. By saying, you know, it would really be great to have them commit to me. It would really make me feel welcome. He's not doing that. He's saying, look, whatever happens, happens. And i made peace with it. And he knows what toxicity can do to a franchise in this situation. He saw it with Brett Favre. And so while he doesn't know how many more years he's going to play in Green Bay, he knows that while he is there, it's... Partially his responsibility to ensure that the environment is as non-toxic as possible. And so he has to just say, look, whatever happens, happens. And maybe that really is his perspective. And that would, of course, be awesome. Josh Norris, formerly of Roto World and is, is now doing some cool other stuff. Um, he he mentioned to me on Twitter that, you know, maybe he saw Tom Brady and just thought, OK, well, that could work for me. Right. And maybe that's true. Maybe part of the zen stems from, hey, look, Tom left a, p- a place that he was for two decades and plopped right in and won a Super Bowl. You don't have to rebuild it. If, if Green Bay does want to move on, they could trade you to some place where you could get it done right away or pretty soon. Now, Green Bay probably not going to trade Rodgers to a place where they think they can win a Super Bowl right away. But who knows? Rodgers is playing at the kind of level where uh, he could elevate a, a team like the Panthers to you know, contention in the NFC. And you just never know. You just never know. Green Bay has been the best team before and not won, which means the not best team did win. And so why couldn't he be on that not best team, right? So, look, I, I don't, I don't want to spend much more time on this. I, nothing's happening. He said it. We're in the same position we were a year ago. That's it. So we we don't need to play body language doctor. We don't need to read tea leaves really. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2021. That is all we know. And unless and until that changes, we just don't have to worry about it. We just don't have to worry about it. He's going to be the reigning league MVP when the season opens in Green Bay in September, end of story. All right, we're gonna be back tomorrow. My guy Demetric Felton from UCLA is gonna be on the show, and uh, I'm I'm really excited for that. And hopefully, another interview coming here later in the week to talk some NFL draft. A lot of NFL draft content to get to our big Locked On Podcast Network mock coming up as well so check that out Um, be sure to follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google podcasts wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers